Welcome to the podcast filled with his love, the only podcast that draws upon both religion and psychology to help you strengthen your attachment relationships. Here's your host, Dr. Russ Osgothor, Emeritus Professor of Instructional Psychology and Technology, author and speaker. His latest book entitled Filled with His Love, Strengthening Our Attachment to God and to Others is available on Amazon now. If you've been listening to other episodes in this podcast, you've probably noticed that my wife and I and our children enjoy music. I mentioned in the last episode that we sang the hymn in the upper room, the scene of the Last Supper, when we visited Jerusalem last week. Let me give you a little background on how that hymn came to mean so much to our family. When I was 18 years old, a year prior to my mission, I decided I wanted to be in the Tabernacle Choir. My mom had been singing in the choir for years, and I wanted to experience the same joy she had experienced. So I made an appointment to audition with Richard P. Condy, the choir director. Pretty daring, but I was only 18, and I thought, why not? A rather intimidating man, tall, well-groomed, and sure of himself, very sure. As I was sitting with the others waiting for my turn to audition, Brother Condy opened the door and invited the woman seated next to me to enter the room. The door to the room was loose-fitting and had a large pane of opaque glass so we could hear everything going on in the room. A hush of apprehension and kind of mixed with anxiety came over those of us waiting. Then we heard Brother Condi ask the woman to sing scales to determine her vocal range. Up and down the keyboard and then up and down again. She warbled and swooned until Brother Condi stopped her abruptly and said, Let me hear that again. There's something very strange in your voice. Oh yes, that is very strange. At this point, I was thinking that maybe I should come another day when Brother Condi was feeling more generous. It was obvious at this point that the woman had not passed the audition. She would not be singing in the choir. At that moment, the custodian began making his final rounds through the building. The hour was late. He looked at me as if I was ten years old and asked, What are you doing here? I said, Well, I'm hoping to audition for the choir. You'll never get in the choir. You're far too young. I need to be locking up soon, so if I were you, I would just leave right now. The more he tried to get rid of me, the more determined I became to go through with the audition, even though the odds looked slim. My turn came, the rickety door opened, and I entered. Seated at the piano, Brother Condy greeted me rather warmly and asked me to sing the scales as he played them, exactly as he had done with the woman who preceded me, over and over again, up the piano keyboard and down again, each time a little lower or a little higher. I sang a part of a hymn for him, and then he pointed to four notes on the keyboard and said, I like your voice in this range. I thought, well, I'm toast. After all those scales, I can sing only four notes. But then he went on. Will you be here to every rehearsal? Will you be on time? Will you learn the music? I kept nodding in the affirmative because I could hardly believe he was letting me in the choir. I could not speak. Following my audition, I had a strong desire to tell the custodian that despite his lack of confidence in me, I had made it. 
I was going to sing in the Tabernacle Choir. On the way out of the historic building, I felt like leaping over the tall gates attached to the wall that surrounded the grounds. I need to add at this point that things were different back then, of course. An 18-year-old cannot sing in the choir today. You must be at least 25. So I sang in the choir until I departed from my mission at age 19. Upon my return home, I visited my mission president at his sister-in-law's home. After entering the home, my mission president's wife approached and asked, Elder Osgathorpe, how old are you? I said, 21. And then she looked at a young woman standing next to her and asked, And how old are you, Lolly? Lolly said, 20. Oh, in that case, I want you to meet Elder Osgathorpe. Lolly mentioned that she was a member of BYU's a cappella choir, and I asked her how I could become a member. My mission president mentioned that I had been in the Tabernacle Choir before my mission, and Lolly asked how she could audition for that choir. I got in a cappella, and she got in tap choir. She was the only one in the a cappella choir I had ever met, but the choir director assigned our seats next to each other. A year later, we were sealed in the Salt Lake Temple. As we raised our five children, we sang together a lot as a family. Every time we visited grandparents, the children knew they would be performing, so music became an integral part of family life. One hymn we particularly liked was Abide With Me. We often sang the song at the end of a Sunday, for example, before family prayer, or on special occasions. The scriptures tell us how the Word of God can be written in our heart. And this hymn became written in our hearts as a family. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, O oh, abide with me. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see, O thou who changest not, abide with me. I need thy presence every passing hour. What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who like thyself my guide and stay can be? Through cloud and sunshine, Lord, abide with me. The words remind us that life is temporary and challenging but we can rely on the Lord's help no matter how difficult the path ahead becomes. When we sang the hymn in Jerusalem in the upper room, the room of the Last Supper, we were moved by the image of the Savior meeting with the Twelve for the last time. They still did not quite understand the gravity of the moment, that their friend Jesus would soon be snatched away from them, nailed to a cross, and atone for the sins of all God's children. Like them, we do not fully understand all that the Lord has done for us and all that we need to do to show our love for Him. Like the disciples, we are human, but He was divine. His power and grace are infinite. We can ask Him to abide with us when darkness deepens. We can remember that when change and decay are all around us, He does not change. We can seek His presence every passing hour. The experience our family had singing that beloved hymn in that sacred place strengthened us on that day, brought us closer together, 
and reminded us of our eternal bond. And I am certain that as we reflect on that experience in the future, it will continue to strengthen us. Your experiences in your families will be uniquely yours, but every family needs to have moments of total togetherness, times when the cares of the world evaporate and we see the past, present, and future all roll into one. Relationships matter, and we all have relationships that need strengthening. When the Lord says, Abide with me, he is inviting us to dwell with him, stay close to him, live with him. In one sense, he's saying, Don't wait until the next life. Live with me now. Let me live with you. And the only way we can do that is if we love those around us, especially members of our family. So I hope the next time you sing, Abide with me, you will accept the Lord's invitation and do all you can to show more love to those who matter most. To end our podcast today, let's listen to M. Diego Gonzalez's arrangement of Abide With Me. Thank you.